Assumption three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of ClickerCast, the Last of Us podcast. It promises to be another happy and entertaining episode to talk about. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me, as ever, from Bob the Podcast, he's looking very, very ropey now. It's best been Bulletin. How you doing, mate? How's that infection? I'm good. Am I ever not looking ropey, though? Even oh, you're a good-looking guy. You're a good-looking guy. Yeah. No, I don't, well, that's debatable. I mean, most <laughs> so. people have seen you through your avatar, and it's a good look. It's a polished avatar, which I can attest is... Uh, it's certainly what the the real product looks like. Yeah, yeah. I don't look like Nick Offerman with a shaved head. I don't look like that. <laughs> you know? Well, Nick Offerman's a beefcake, so I wouldn't complain, my friend. Yeah, um, that's I look a good like episode, a isn't it, from man? the last episode. This is mate. Um, that we, we've enjoyed the season so far. Even it, it, it's had strong start. It's had its padding in the middle, where it was a lot more world building, not weaker episodes, but not as strong. Blasted back last week. And now, episode seven, mate, we're going into DLC content. We're going into the additional <laughs> stuff. Um, this is based on the DLC called Left Behind. This episode is called Left Behind. And we are going to spoil this episode and, by proxy, the, the DLC content as well. So you haven't seen the episode. 55 minutes? Go check it out. HBO Max, Sky Atlantic. Come back and listen to us talking about it. But, yeah, so this is based on the additional content. It was stuff that was mooted and hinted at during the game and also mm-hmm. in the series as well. And we got to play it. It's only short. as a short DLC content. We got to play it way back when, a few years back. Uh, and it is available in a remastered edition as well. And now we get to see it as its entire episode. So similar to Part 3, mate, they've were taken a sidestep from the main story to focus on the character building, the world building, and the consequences of being in this world, essentially. So I think I heard you say you thought this episode was fine, I guess. What did you think about it, mate? No, I thought this episode was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Again, testament to the show. Week in, week out, this just doing a fantastic job adapting the game doing their own thing obviously branding new content um but yeah you you can't praise it enough and again like you said it's, it's part of the dlc and this isn't this is the only dlc we had for the last of us part one um there was a planned second one which neil Druckmann has been very open in interviews about recently which we will be getting in a later episode of this season yeah um, boy we never got in the game but we're getting it in the show which is really exciting i think um, but it won't deviate as much as this did from the main story. Like, you know, um, but again, I think this is needed. I think this is needed for the character of Ellie. Um, it's, you know, some people might think the Bill and Frank thing was a sidestep, which it is, but what an incredible piece of TV that was. It's consequences, um, mate. What is in this world that we stand to gain, we stand to lose in the face of the world falling apart around us? I don't see how anyone could say it doesn't further the story when it really does because everything up up to this point now with Joel and Ellie their relationship is building upon what we learned in that episode it's I get people might not maybe maybe they don't like it but to say it doesn't impact come on Mm -hmm. yeah and it's the same thing with this one this episode is again um I think it's needed I think it is needed for because we know Joel's history we've seen Joel's history um we know what he's fighting for what he's lost you know where he is mentally whereas Ellie we've only ever had you know, they've only ever alluded to, like in the first episode, Marlene mentioned Riley. Was Riley a terrorist? 
that was the question she asked Ellie, which she stern-faced didn't answer. Um, you know, we know that she's had to... She's she's suffered loss, but she wouldn't tell Joel what it is. You know, um, she's hinted at her sexuality in her past episodes. When Tess asked her, um, is there any boyfriends that's going to be coming? And she said, no. You know? Um, yep. This, this, again, this is all needed. And I think... It it brings you closer to the character of Ellie, um, ultimately, and I think that's what you need for this show. You know, um, and again, she's suffering. She suffered a major loss. The person she cared about the most in the world, and the person she cares about the most in the world currently could leave her. You know, not by his choice, but you know, Joel isn't in a good place at the start of this episode. <laughs> no, no, he ain't. So. Yeah, so I th- no, I think this episode is needed. I think it's a very good episode. I think the performances from Bella Ramsey and, and Storm Reed are, are, are really good, really strong performances. Um, and again, this also builds the world as well. You get to see inside of how Fedra view the world. You know, yes. um, they tell Ali there's basically two life paths. You either, you know, do well at, at the Fedra school and go on to become an officer. You'll have your own room. You'll have your own place to live. You know. You'll have a decent life. If you don't do well at school, you're going to just be stuck in the QZ around the walls doing like terrible odd jobs and the officer's going to be beating down on you. All of that stuff. That's how they view the world. That's how they view your life paths for these for these children. Um, you know. Um, so yeah, not his world building. Again, we get to see a lot of Ellie's character in this, her interests as well. Um, I always say on this podcast, one of the my favorite things that never gets old is just getting the reminder Ellie as a child. Like, yes, her wonder, her curiosity, and there's so much of that in this episode, which I I adore wholeheartedly. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very pleased with this episode. What's your thoughts on it, Matt? Yeah, I thought this was great. And just a disclaimer if anyone can hear wildlife and birds outside, I'm actually recording in the Boston QZ at the minute. So uh, I thought I'd make it a little bit That's more. That's actually what I was going to say. That exactly. A bit more engrossing, a bit more engaging. No, it's just birds on the window. So it's nothing like We're recording at a slightly different time today. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, they've come out to talk about left behind so yeah if you can't keep in here that i do apologize but you know yeah the episode i think was i think it's really good and i think the episode does a better job than the dlc does of showing us the relationship between um riley and ellie not that the dlc was bad let me say that now before i get flamed but the I've re- was great. the dlc was really good i've rewatched it since you know the, the, the cinematic and it's really good and you can see where they've taken lines from that and the whole thing is clearly, like you say, it's adapted from it. So there are major moments throughout the photo booth, the masks, uh, all of the, the beats that they hit, like the carousel and this, that and the other. But I just think that the emotion that you can elicit from this live action performance works because they focus in on different areas. You know, they, there's a, the, the, the focus is on the emotion of the scene, on the love, mm-hmm. on the, on the, on the bond between them, uh, throughout. And they show yeah. that by little little glances here or there, or Ellie, you know, she's, we've never seen her this happy in the series, and and, and it's stuff that they can't really do in the game without yeah, it's breaking. Yeah, said about about Joel and Sarah, you know, like Joel and Sarah. We said that was done better than it was in the game. Yeah, um, that's it. And it's not a knock on the game, of course it isn't. I just think re- I've I've, done, I've played the Left Behind DLC, and I thought it was really good when I first played it. A really good bit of backstory. 
and I think on rewatch of the cinematic, it's still really good. But there's something about this live action one which I think just brings more, uh, just brings certain things into focus more so, and they they let you linger more on what's actually happened. Plus, in the series, like you mentioned, we've heard the name Riley mentioned, and we're kind of like, who's that? If if you're not aware, you're like, who's who's Riley? What's that got to do with anything? Here we go. What do we need to show that Ellie just isn't a precocious, you know, smart-mouthed teenager? Well, let's show mm-hmm. this side of it. Let's show her backstory, like you've alluded to over the last six episodes. And this one, Ellie's a kid. Ellie's a teenager. She's 14 when we meet her. She's not an adult who's had extensive life experience. So let's see what she's gone through to get to where she is now. We know that she's beaten. We know that she's immune. Mm-hmm. But who is the person behind the bite, if you will? And in this episode, you see that. You see her having fun. You see her joking. You see her flirting. You see her smiling, laughing, giggling, showing an interest in something. You know, there's less of a nihilistic approach to her in this episode, which I it's not like we can't understand why she is the way she is after mm-hmm. this event, but it's so lovely to see who she was before. And like the Bill and Frank one, it just adds extra layers. It adds extra layers to her. It adds layers to this world. Because look what Ellie had taken away. And then look at Bill and Frank's relationship. They lasted all that time before Ill Health took Frank and Bill decided to join him. It's, you know, it's, you don't get chances like this in this world anymore. Uh, So to see Ellie's side of it, I thought was a really, really good building block. And going forward, we've now got that in the back of our mind. We know what she's lost. We know what she's had to essentially sacrifice or what she's been through as well as Joel and how it cross cuts with um, what happened to Riley and what Riley said about taking the time you have to, to help the ones you love essentially the way they cross cut that into how she starts to help Joel at the end. She changes her mind. She's like, no, I'm not leaving that old geezer down there to bleed out and die. We're going to do this. You know, we're together. And that, that is probably the moment there that solidifies their bond. If it wasn't already before the fact that she turned around she went flying around the house looking for a dirty old needle and thread and she is she is mending his wound she's she's sewing him back up she's putting him back together because of riley's influence and because of the events of this episode where been come on come on i mean the episode oh yeah the episode was very very strong uh, i liked mm-hmm. it a lot but what it does for the show and the characters is i don't think it could be understated no it can't like i said you know um this show is always about connections and a sense of longing. Um, that is obviously felt throughout uh, this episode, whether it be through Ellie or be through Riley. Um, one of the one of the things I loved about this episode is Riley's decision to join the Fireflies. Um, she said they wanted her, they took her in, they accepted her, and she sees them like family. You know, Riley lost her parents yeah. during all of this. She wasn't like Ellie who didn't know her parents. And she says that the sense of having somebody and then losing them is worse than not having them at all, not knowing them. And she has to live with that. So she's always looking for this sense of family, the mm-hmm. sense of belonging. And again, that's a theme that's been echoed for all throughout the series. You know, um, when Bill and Frank meet, Bill seems happy with his life. But there was something missing. It was Frank. Frank made his life. Bill didn't think life was worth living without Frank. You know, when you look at Joel and, you know, he lost the the biggest piece of him in, in Sarah. Um, and since then he was trying to survive, but in those moments, he's still trying to find those connections. 
he's got Tess, who's been with at this point for like 16 years, wasn't it? Like when we see him with Bill and Frank, the 2007, yes, right? Because obviously there's time before, yeah, you're right. You know, so they, you know, that's that's then like his brother, like his search for his brother, as we saw it last week, it meant so much to him when he, like, when he's on that horse and sees Tommy doing their job, he's doing construction work and he screams Tommy and they hug and embrace and, um, that's what this show is about it's a sense of family and finding where you where you're meant to be and yep. those connections um and ellie's connection at this point is rightly she's stuck at vedra like military school mm-hmm. clearly life isn't great there she doesn't fit in there she she doesn't want to be there um and riley doesn't either riley's out becoming a firefly and she begs riley to stay riley means everything to ellie i think mm-hmm. at this age yeah, um, she does beg her. Yeah, and you know she wants her to stay. Like she's, we've seen Elliot at Fredra School. She's miserable. She's not happy. She's in her own world. She just wants to listen to her music and be in her own. But she lights up anytime she's around Riley. And you know, like I don't think I've seen Ellie laugh in the show as much as she did with with Riley in this yeah. episode. You know, um, it felt yeah, well, it felt that, natural. It just felt like two kids having fun. And that's the thing about the episode as well. I always mentioned like i always love those glimpses of ellie those reminders that she's a child and you get that all throughout this just that her and riley are being are being like these teenagers that they are like sneaking like alcohol and drinking it and thinking it's funny and (laughs) you know good um, times and all that ellie rediscovering what the world was before the outbreak like why do people want lingerie and why did they (laughs) why did they rob footlocker but didn't rob like the soap the soap store like you know, um, all of that. And obviously, you know, there's so many great moments in this discovering. Like, it's on her wall. She has a, a poster of Mortal Kombat 2 on her wall. So she's probably never seen that game or played it. She just thinks it looks cool. Yeah. And, and that harkens back to, to the earlier episode, doesn't it? Where she sees mm-hmm. that arcade game when she's with Joel, when he's stocking up on ammunition at the farm. She sees Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat there. So a little wink yeah, and a nod. Yeah, she talks about Melina specifically in that scene. Yes. Which is the character Riley decides to play as. Um, as she's saying, a cool millionaire. Like, there's moments like that, and um, Ellie has mentioned references to space throughout this yep. season. Oh, oh yeah, and we see that all that on her wall as well. Like many like references to like NASA and and space, and even like movies, um, and dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs on her walls, yes. little drawings that she's made herself. Um, again, and uh, it's so many good moments in here, like for Ellie, um, just. It's unexpected, but just seeing the excitement she gets when she sees an escalator. Like, she is so excited about that an escalator. She refers to it as a as a wonder. That's it, the electric she? stairs, she calls them. She's like, well, it's an escalator. And that's not even one of the four wonders of them all. It's just, it's just stairs. This is a mode of transport. But it made me think as well. You know, these kids are, you know, they're born during the outbreak or on the cusp of it. Or they, they've never, ever known the world other than this. So it's such an interesting thing that I sometimes forget that obviously someone like Joel or, or people of his age have seen the world before. You know, that's this isn't a hot take, mm-hmm. we know that. But it's just interesting for me because I'm re-watching it like, yeah, of course, like, Ellie, she has been, it's like being in a goldfish bowl. She's born in a, in a goldfish bowl, has only ever known this method of survival. So to, to see something like an escalator, to see mm-hmm. Victoria's Secrets or something, and they're like, why do people want this back in the day? 
<laughs> and, and things like that. It's it, it's so well done, and we've had the car sequences previously as well. When we're in episode three, in fact, when the she plane. Had the, the plane, this kind of wonder. It's not overdone, and it's really well. It's really well done in this instance. I've got a question for you though, mate. Um, how do you feel the chemistry was between Bella Ramsey and Storm Reed in this? Because I agree that they're both excellent. I think Bella Ramsey's so damn good. So how do you think they were together in this episode? Well, I think they work really well. Mm-hmm. I think they clearly have a familiarity with each other. They feel like best friends. And But the thing that sells it for me, this relationship more than anybody, is, is Bella Ramsey's performance. Mm-hmm. Just like how she emotes, like, you know, the looks she gives... She's clearly in love with this person, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you, you don't get that as much back from Reed, but you do get it a lot from from Bella. And yeah, no, I think the chemistry works. I th- again, I think it that's a strength they've had throughout this the show is um, they. What's funny is like Nick Offerman, for example, he wasn't the first choice to be um, to be Bill, mm-hmm. and I can't picture that relationship being anybody but Nick Offerman and Murray exactly. Bartlett. Um, and now seeing uh, Ellie and Riley, Ballard and, and Storm, I can't see it being anybody but those either. Yeah. Um, you get the impression that Riley, from the, I'm, I'm talking specifically series here, this episode, not the mm-hmm. game. You get the impression that Riley, she's a bit more mature. Maybe it's you know she's only yeah. been gone with the Fireflies for three months, but she's a bit more mature. She protects Ellie. She she's more protective. Yeah. So while she isn't necessarily giving, like, like I agree with you, she's not giving off the same kind of vibes all the way through whereas Ellie is she's clearly besotted there's Mm -hmm. there's enough there you can just tell like the fact that she's bought her here in the first place and she kind of goes around the point of why she does it um there's enough there but yeah they 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 do a good job in setting up Riley as she's broken out of Fedra she's in a sense she's seen the world a little bit more and it's she's changed because of it yeah and again this like I said with Ellie the the series the the series the episode is littered with moments where like she's it's like when they're playing the video game and like there's a moment you 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 as the viewer think oh they're gonna she's gonna kiss she's gonna kiss Riley and she doesn't yeah Riley like smiles and walks away and it's like Ellie at that moment she's crushed yeah she maybe we should she get wants, back yeah yeah maybe we should leave you know there's there's moments where like I said they're looking in, in the lingerie store um and they're questioning why well uh. Riley questions why anybody would want it and you know makes a joke about Ellie wearing it and walks away and Ellie just stays looking at it and like starts checking moves her hair in the window isn't she? yeah starts checking her hair yeah like she's clearly um attracted to uh, to Riley yeah. we don't get that much as uh, from Riley but like I said everything she's doing like she set up this this whole experience for Ellie and um planned it meticulously like so each one like builds upon Ellie's excitement where it's supposed to end with um, them in the in the Halloween store. Yeah. Um, and it's all in the game as know. well. Yeah, so again, you know she cares. She's planned everything. Even broken the uh, the machine to get money so Ellie can play the games. Yes. Um, and even asking fi- the Fireflies, can we? Can I bring Ellie? Can I bring my friend? Cause well, that's they're the gonna kicker, move isn't it? That's the kicker. Yeah. She's going to the Atlanta QZ. So mm-hmm. has she planned this evening, Bespin? Because she fancies Ellie, because she loves her, or has she planned it as a kind of way to soften the blow of breaking the news? Yeah, of course she did. Yeah, like she just wants to give Ellie one one last good day, the the memories of Riley and Ellie together. Yeah, 
she wants Ellie to take that. She wants it to be a good memory. She doesn't just want to disappear. She doesn't want the heartbreak just telling Ellie and leaving. She wants one good day with them. And, you know, I think she does. Well, she would have given it to that if not for the for the uh, the infected that shows up. That but guy. That guy, you know, ruins all the fun. Um, I I, do you know what? That's the only thing about this episode that I wish that wasn't in it. Not not the click, not not the eventuality, but there's that great moment where they're playing the game and the camera, I, it, yep. you know, it's coming there. It you know it yep. kind of floats around the mall and we start to and, and this more sinister music starts playing and we're like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? And then we see the cordyceps coming out the wall. That I didn't mind, yep. but it's seeing that there was an infected the guy waking up in the and, yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of like oh, woken up. I wish that part wasn't in. I don't mind seeing the cordyceps there because then no. that sets up the idea that yeah, it's, oh, no, it's already in your brain. Yeah, like, there's something here, or there might be something here. But now that we've seen the guy wake up, we know there's something. So we are mm. we're, we're already waiting. We're, we're waiting for it, so we're tense. But we know what's coming. If they don't yeah. show the guy, we know something's there. But until we see it, we don't know whether it's one. 10, 100, a bloat. We don't know what it is. So I, I kind of wish I hadn't done, shown that much, but that's that's kind of really my only major nitpick here. Yeah, it's funny that we both were drawn to that because we hadn't mm-hmm. spoken about it before and we've, nev- we've actually never spoken about this episode, even pre-recording. We spoke um, about any, really, because we knew we were doing this show and it's for the yeah. spontaneity of it. Obviously, I know we know we enjoyed the series uh, with yeah. caveats here and there, but see, I don't know your thoughts really on individual episodes. Yeah, so it's funny that we both uh, were drawn to that aspect, as we were with um, with the Kathleen character. You know, yes. something that didn't work for us. But yeah, like I agree with you. Um, in this, like they're having a fun moment in the arcade, and it takes us away and shows us this disinfected. Um, I I do wonder how because me and you know this goes south because obviously we played the game. Yeah, it's never going to end how, well in this world, is it? Yeah, but I wonder how it worked for the for newcomers for example like does that like they're probably like enjoying the relationship and the bond mm-hmm. on screen between ellie and riley and maybe they don't know what's coming they probably know something bad will happen because it's the last of us and yeah. that's what's happened in all these other episodes but um yeah like it, it takes away that excitement from what could show up at the end yeah. um you know that moment where Ellie's hearing um, Riley scream, but it's not Riley; it's just one of the the, the toys in the yeah. in the store. Um, you know, like that moment, like it takes away from that. Like it, it takes away from so much. I think in, in that little moment, because then you're constantly waiting for it, and yeah. sometimes that works in in horror, like you well in, in film in general. You see the threat, but you know the characters don't know about it. And that can work in some aspects. Well, it doesn't. Best horror one, films do that. Like, I mean, I, I've mentioned before Jaws, Alien, the cliches. Mm-hmm. For whatever yeah. reason, I don't care about like production issues. In in universe, you you don't see what's out there, but you know there's something there, and you know it ain't good. Which is for me, yeah. show the cordyceps. Why? Because originally, in the beginning of the episode, they alluded to the mall was sealed off, and then they say, mm-hmm. okay, if it's sealed off, why isn't it? You know sealed off you know why isn't it properly under quarantine so they've already kind of planted and i hid that it probably you probably shouldn't be going there the it's it's been classified a no-go zone so just showing mm-hmm. a little hint of cordyceps cordyceps are in the corner of one of the shops especially now that we know that essentially that they pick up on the vibrations and noise almost and they've got that communication 
that would have been fine for me because you, you still don't know what's coming. You don't know if it's going to mean anything at all. Um, I don't mind them showing that and then having Clicker turn, uh, sorry, Infected turn up later on because I think I think it may have been a bit too abrupt if they hadn't shown anything. If suddenly this guy just came screaming around the corner, I don't know. But with the like, but to go back to your to the bit about the scream, like the Halloween decoration scream. That in itself could have worked as a fun fake out. You know, Ellie's Ellie's crushed. She's she's in tears. She decides to go back to see Riley to try and sort this out. She hears a scream. Oh, it was just uh, Riley messing about. It, there was nothing there. Oh, crisis averted. And then we find out there is. So I wouldn't have minded that as much. But either have the scream and nothing else, or or if you're going to have something for me, just show the cordyceps on the wall and the scream you know the fungus to show that and then maybe have the scream don't show what's there because it i think for me it takes away a little bit of that tension but maybe it, it works more so for other people i think do you know what I mean? maybe it does work maybe knowing that there's only one out there maybe it gives people that sense of hope that well we know riley's got a gun because ellie's held it held it she's got maybe maybe between them they could fight this thing off i don't know but i, I it didn't didn't bother me in that sense i just it, it just stood out like a sore thumb um especially the way that the camera kind of drifted its way uh over there and i think overall yeah, mate, the like, sorry go on it felt forced to me well it you did know, it's kind of stood out like a sore thumb didn't it yeah like we're just enjoying ali and and riley uh playing games in the arcade and messing around and like having a good time and then it just takes us away to show us this moment and it takes us right back where ali then kisses riley and it's like well yeah, it's... like why have you done this? Like that's breaking up the moment, like these happy moments. This it's one of the most obvious great... kind of telegraphing moments of the series, I think, so far, where they they hinted at it with the dialogue, mm-hmm. and then, but this is explicitly just saying, "Yep, there's something here, guys." Whereas, I mean, before we've seen, for example, when Kathleen was with Perry, her lead goon. We've seen them go mm-hmm. into a building and the floors move, starts moving. There's something under there, mm. but they don't then cut to under, underneath it and show us a hundred infected or and bloaters and clickers no. and that. We just oh my god, there's something under there. We have to we have to wait till the next we episode have to together. Wait exactly. So I th- they, they've shown they've done it, and I, I just think it's, it's the most explicit uh, use, uh, use of we're gonna we're gonna tell you, but we're also going to show you in advance. And it doesn't bother me. Mm. This this episode is directed by Liza Johnson, who. Uh, she's directed what American Horror Story, Barry, Silicon Valley, What We Do in the Shadows, a series of unfortunate events, Dead to Me, Physical. I could go on. Many shows that I haven't seen because I don't really watch TV. You have though, mate. That's not a bad pedigree to come into a show like this with, though. No, no, definitely not. Um, you know, some of the highlights on the list: What We Do in the Shadows, Barry, um, Physical. That's a pretty recent one. That's uh, I like that a lot. Um, and again, it's quite varied. There's a lot of comedy in the stuff she's chosen to do. Um, and there's some comedy in this. But I actually think the comedy in this one is actually lighter than the other episodes we've had. Because uh, yeah. the other episodes themselves might be more dire and more tension-based. Um, this is more flirty and the, fun. Yeah, but there's more, like, straight-up, like, quips from, like, Ellie or something. Yes. Um, and puns. Whereas this one, like you said, it's more about, um, like, they're flirting and they're having like a fun time they just they have a friendly relationship so the conversations for the most part other than obviously when riley tells ellie why she's brought her to them all um they're light-hearted the, the episode itself is a beat for the most part and i think yeah, uh, somebody like 
Liza Johnson is probably the perfect person to bring into this episode. Um, obviously, the episode well is not really funny. Other than that scene so, mentioned. Well, other than that one scene. But again, is that the director's fault or is that an editor's fault? Is that the showrunner's yeah. fault? It's a crazy you know, decision um, that they took. Maybe it was Liza Johnson or maybe Mason or Druckmann mm-hmm. said... Let's let's show them because to us we think that will increase the tension. But maybe and maybe it will. I'm not going to sit there and say that those guys are wrong. But for me in this instance, I thought I well, could have done without. Like, well, Druckmann and, and Mason, they've been pretty honest and open about the the process of their show. Yeah, they have. Yeah, like they said, like they said they were going to um, open every episode with a window shot, and that yes. was and they shot they filmed that, and it was only late on in the editing process they were like, this doesn't work. So they only left it in the Bill and Frank episode, mm-hmm. which means you loved. We love seeing that shot of the wind because it was like, it's, it's the flipping game, you know? Um, but yeah, so like they, and again, they come to the realization on that, like, hey, this doesn't work. Um, and I, I can't picture the show with that. I don't think, I think that's a very odd choice, right? Like opening each episode with a window. Um, it works in the game because it's just a loading screen, but it doesn't work in the series. So again, I do wonder if there was Mason or Druckmann that decided to, leave this shot in maybe um, i think they could have avoided it i think this does like take away from the tension um and a, a, i don't think again, they're going to talk about moment. it on their podcast which is a shame because i think it would take somebody like you or me saying hey neil hey craig that shot of the infected what what made you do it unless it really does stand out for a lot of people and um what's his name troy baker decides yeah. to bring it up on their hbo show yeah and again I love that podcast. I think it's fantastic. It's so insightful here and yes. how Druckmann yeah. and and Mason came up with the, this adaptation, the series. Um, but let's not let's be honest. It's not going to be critical of their own work, is it? Like it's not. Nobody's going to no, criticize them. Not, yeah. um, it's a HBO product. It's with the creators, with the voice actor of Joel. Um, it's there to promote the show. It's in service of the show. They wouldn't get critiques lobbied at them. Whereas on this podcast, we can critique the episodes, things that doesn't work. I've met many people now, like people who have have never played the game, um, who all think that episode two moment where Tess kisses Adam Lambert was pretty weird, <laughs> you know? Um, and it, you know, it, like, why did that happen? That's, yeah, and like, people think that took me out of the moment, which is exactly what you, me and you said. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. odd. Um, and I think this is another one of those. Um, and again, I, it sounds like we're really harping, being really negative on this one aspect. But again, it's just because it sticks up like a sore thumb. It doesn't make the episode bad. The episode's yeah. fantastic. But yeah. it's just... When everything around it is so good, it sticks out. Yeah. In a, in a, when a series which is full of... This series isn't just full of kind of great moments. It's full of great episodes. So it gets to the point where one... one quick sequence not even a sequence one shot literal frame is like oh mm-hmm. damn that, that wasn't as strong as all the other stuff that's what that's the level it gets to and it, this is an episode yeah. that's great and it is filled with magical moments and great moments and great music to to completely alleviate any issue i have with one shot but it is funny isn't it, how that one shot just stands out yeah and again like obviously i had a little issue with um how marlene was portrayed last week in the show but you didn't you were ha- fine with it but yeah, for us yeah. both to come to the same conclusion this week of yeah this this one thing out of 55 minutes it's this 10 second one thing, thing. That, and like, last week shows as well that we won't always necessarily agree forthright on everything that we see in the show so if mm-hmm. i don't like something 
doesn't mean Bespin does yeah. it and vice versa, but this is the one thing that sticks out. But mate, there's there's so much good in this. Like the the, the carousel scene is fantastic. Mm. You've got um, I think it's just like Heaven by the Cure. I love that song. That's playing in the background in an instrumental version. You've had you had Take on Me, which is again a banger. Which, you know, Come yeah, on. and obviously what comes in part two. You know? Yeah, and yeah, th- yeah. Keep your eyes, keep your ears out for that song. That plays over when they, when Ellie's just having fun on Escalator. I put in my Instagram stories pre-series because HBO wouldn't mm-hmm. tell me off because it's not a spoiler. But y- 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 the because of the, the time that this is now set, we're not going to get Future Days by Pearl Jam, which is a banger. No, that came just... out in 2014. I've got I, I love Pearl Jam. I've got all their albums. I can see it. Came out in 2014. Uh, but instead, we get a song called "All or None," which is from 2003's Riot Act album, which mm-hmm. is a bit more depressive than Future Days. But um, we still get Pearl Jam. So even though they don't get the same song, mate, they're still sticking to that f- familiarity. It's still the same band, and I think the music throughout this episode, the, the soundtrack choices. Sorry, I think they were they were really well done. They didn't take me out of it, even though it was like a kind of like there's a lot of 80s stuff going on there with uh, the Cure with. Um, I Aha. love that. I love that it fits the vibe of like of a mall, but it fits that you know? retro vibe of the mall, like, isn't it? Yeah. When Neon I think of a mall, I yeah. When I think of a mall, I think of eighties malls. I don't think of like the malls we have now. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're not fun to look at anymore. They're not distinctive especially. anymore. They're not unique anymore, are they? No, no. And I get. I love that. You know, again, this mall was from two thousand three, but it's it's all the colors and everything that pops and the and the, the music. In, you know, in addition to it, um, I think the music in the series, not just this episode, in the series has been fantastic. No, it has been. You yeah. know, um, like what I love is like after every episode where like a piece of music plays, that song goes booming. Like Depeche Mode from episode one, like that rocketed up the charts again. It's happening with Long Long Time. Um, yeah, yes, it I, is. You know, I, I love that. I love that. You know, so I wonder if like Take on Me, for example, will will get a bit of a rise uh, because of this episode, for example. I mean, that um, one—that's—I mean—that's always been a bang. That's always been a popular tune. But I won't be surprised if it gets a if it gets a boost, mate. Um, the Cure in this, the Cure on the carousel—that is very much that's mm-hmm. incidental. That's just in the background. I had to—I was listening, thinking I, I recognise that tune because I dig it. And I was like, I know it's like, which what song? I was like, Just Like Heaven, and the lyrics again all match up nicely. They—they're they're very specific in terms of their choices they're not just picking any song because they like it i'm sure they do like those songs but they the lyrics to all of the songs they've picked so far have meant mm-hmm. something to the scene but also the show as a whole yeah yeah it totally does um yeah like a lot of the stuff as we've talked about is is based on riley and ellie in this episode but even just going back to like joel and just how well shot those scenes are as well yeah few and far um, between but they're there they kind of bookend the episode aren't they yeah, and again, like, you know, there's a moment where Joel, right at the start, like, Ellie wants to help Joel, she's panicking, and he just, like, grabs her and pushes her away, tells her to go, he go. Does he tell her to go and get Tommy? He says, go, go north, back to Tommy, basically, go, yeah. go, go to Tommy and save yourself, I took it as. And again, yeah, I did too, and again, but it also harkens back to last week where Joel was like, I will fail, I will lose you, I'll get you, like, I'll get her killed, Tommy has to take her, he's quicker, he's younger, he's stronger, Tommy could see this through. And the next day, the very next day, he gets shanked. And he's <laughs> yeah. there, dying. Dying. You know? Like, he was right. Oh, In his brain, again. he knows he's right. So he's telling Ellie, look, go to Tommy. He, he'll he see this through. Um, mm-hmm. Joel wants... It's an act again, of care. Like he said, 
It is an act of care. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't. He doesn't want Ellie to watch him die. He doesn't want the cause to go to waste. Yeah. And he wants Ellie to survive. He thinks if Ellie stays with him and goes solo, she's gone. Yeah. Um. He can't deal with that. And he pushes her away. Um. Because he doesn't want to lose her. He can't lose her. And when she comes back, he doesn't try to push her away at all. He just accepts it. And he's looking at her. And he's. I think there's a look of gratitude in his face. Or he squeezes her hand. Yeah, and love, you know. But there's that uh, moment before, the t- first time she goes, when he sends her to Tommy and she goes up the stairs, it cuts back mm-hmm. to Joel's face and he has one tear rolling down the side of his does, face. Yeah. Beautiful. We've said it before. So much said without saying a thing. Yeah, he's just mm-hmm. pushed her away. It's that tough love we've mentioned. Joel cares for Ellie more than, more than anything he's done for the longest time now. He wants the cause to be done. He knows that there's this cause is worth fighting for this world is worth saving and there are people worth saving everything that we learned from the Bill and Frank episode as well where he even tells Joel god damn help anyone who stands in our way this is what we do we're protectors Joel Mm -hmm. at this moment he's got that one tear rolling down his face because he might not be the one who can do it but he'll be damned if he's going to let this fail and I thought that was beautiful yeah I think it's beautiful again it's it's something we've credited uh, Pedro Pascal for a lot this season is his ability to do a lot with little to say, you know, it's how he emotes. It's how his performance is. There's so much to said with, with with nothing being said. Um, again, fantastic performance from Pedro. Obviously, the directing as well that goes into into consideration here as well. Um, and yeah, uh, I I love it all. And obviously, he he's at this point now. As we saw, especially with the last episode, episode six, he loves Ellie. At this point, he loves Ellie. He's he can't lose her. Um, Mm-hmm. He opened. He's opened up. He's opened up his heart and his life and his world, Wally. Um, and yeah, obviously we know how that transpires. We know how that goes throughout the show, and it's good to see. It's good to see Ellie being the one taking care of Joel when it's usually Joel taking care of Ellie. Yep. Um, yep. I like the role reversal. I think it's done really well. Um, again, some people might be like, "Oh, how does Ellie know to st- like stitch him up?" Well, she went to federal military school. Military school. Like yeah, and the guy's tailed... got a stab wound. You you think the mo- you'd, you'd think I don't know what can I do, clamp it together, stitch it together. I don't know. You'd, you surely you'd think that. Yeah, Ellie knows how to do this. Like she would have been taught this. You know, in one of the scenes with Riley, she talks about like tomorrow I've got a lesson on like killing you guys, killing fireflies. Like you know, um, so I I'd assume at the military school they teach you how to stitch and like first aid. Yeah, dressing. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, like all this works. All this works perfectly well. Um, yeah, very, very high on this episode. Um, I, I don't know if I like it more than last week's. I still think I actually prefer last week's. Um, <sighs> That's the question, isn't it, mate? Because watching this one and hearing what you're just saying, it's funny because we've said it already, but it's episode three and episode seven have had such a massive impact on the overall mm-hmm. story and will do. I love, as I mentioned, Joel dying on the floor we just heard what bill said to him in his letter about what he has to do what 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 kind of man joel is and what he needs to do to go in forward and again before i forget this harkening back to the bill and frank episode again bill is shot trying to like yes. trying to protect frank yep and frank is the one who stitches him up and in this episode the protector joel is injured he's stabbed and ellie's the one stitching him up like yeah. ellie's stitching him up to save his life because yeah. of what she remembers from the left behind story we just heard, 
about the the words that that Riley told her. She remembers these moments. She remembers that things are worth fighting for. She remembers you've got to savor those moments. And she turns around. So for the two episodes, which people are going to say they're filler or they don't have any consequences on the main story, no. they have every consequence. Jo- Ellie, listen, Ellie doesn't turn around to s- s- stitch Joel up if we don't mm-hmm. find out about her backstory. She's gone. You know, she's for far. You know, we we can probably ascertain that because she stopped at that door. She thought about that moment hilariously. I want to imagine her standing at that door for forty minutes, re- replaying the <laughs> whole thing. But um, she stops at that door. And it's only after we hear the words that Riley says, where she's like, "No, this is this is the time now where I have to step up and do do yeah. do what is right. What I actually think is right. She's gone otherwise. She doesn't have that moment with Ellie or Riley. Sorry, she's gone. She's de- you know, Joel's dead. The story has a different way. Yeah. This means everything to series so um where it where it sits in terms of last week i don't know because there's so many whereas last week was a consistently great ep- character episode this one's got loads of f- cool moments in it i mean even we mentioned the music they dance to uh it's dieta james version of i got you babe they've got the the masks on they wear in the game the the wolf and the clown and they have they finally kiss and eddie says i'm sorry and she's like what for and the way she smiles is like that is kind of young love, young, young romance in that one scene right there. That is oh, yeah. an excellent that, that moment, the carousel moment, the escalator moment when she Even brings like Ellie t- in the first time, which she sees the lights being turned on. There's so many moments which add up to a really, really yeah. great episode. Yeah, it's just again as I mentioned this, it's just them being teenagers. It is what like as a fourteen-year-old, you know, this is how you behave. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like they're stealing a little bit of alcohol again, like having a, a little fun time. That you know, the experiences all these other things. They're kissing like somebody who, you know, when you when you fancy somebody at fourteen, Ooh. it's like it's like your entire world, you know, right. um, or in your thirties or twenties. <laughs> yeah, so it's a big 14, moment for, yes. for for Ellie, you know, and she's like, you know, hey, stay here, like don't go with Fireflies, stay here with me, and like Riley mm-hmm. accepts, she says yes. Yep. And again, after you just saying this... that she wouldn't change her mind as well, she just said she yes. wouldn't change her mind. And it was when, when they had that kiss, and then they both realized this is it, this is where we need to be. She then changes yeah. her mind. And again, it's such 14 year old angst as well. And the, when they're like, there's two options we either like kill ourselves <laughs> or we lose our minds together. And I'm like, oh, we, could, we like, could be all poetic that's... and lose our minds together. Yeah, it's I'm like, very yeah, that is a poet. Very that is something accent. a 14 year old would say and think they're being very deep, you know. It's like my um, chemical romance or something to throw that out. Exactly. One of songs. Yeah. No disrespect to the MCR fans, but I don't like them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pulled from mind, the game. I don't mind them. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I could, I could imagine you um, with the the eyeliner on and rocking out. Um, oh, no, no, not far. I'm, I'm over hip hop head, you know. But uh, oh, you are. I, I don't very much. You're a, you're a proper yeah. G. You're a naughty legend like that. But um, but the, the lines that they take from the game, like that one, poetic loser, mm-hmm. they sell it. I think she sells it better here than they do in the game. All respect to the voice actors, but I think those moments here are sold better when she's pleading. Ellie's pleading with Riley. I keep going to call her Storm with Riley mm-hmm. to stay. I think there's there's more weight to it where even when she says you know we've got two options we take the because i i rewatch it in the way she says you know I, I don't like option one there's a real resignation and sadness whereas in the game there's almost like a stoicness a defiance in the face of their situation mm-hmm. both work very well but i prefer this one because they know even even riley even knows that we can we can face this for as long as we want but in the end the inevitable's coming to even say look 
death basically death comes to us all sometimes it comes sooner to mm -hmm. some than others in the game in the series so there's there's a lot more it feels a lot more dramatic there's a lot more weight to it, it's a lot more emotion to it yeah. uh here and i think that's down to the performers because the, the, the lines are pretty much the same but because we mm -hmm. the, the way yeah. they've approached this and the way they've set up the moments because it is adapted differently from the dlc and in a few parts but i think they really smash and nail that ending for me it's it's really really good stuff which plays into to ellie later on and then of course the I mean, the, the infected coming in and having a little bite is almost secondary to what's come before. That's yeah. that's over within a minute. He gives them a beating, they give him a beating, and they're they're bitten. The action in this episode, or the the major event in this episode, is over and done with in probably about I don't know ninety seconds, maybe realistically. Mm -hmm. It's it's very quick, yeah. and then we're back to the characters. Something this series does well. I've seen people complaining that. The Last of Us should be about zombies and blood and violence and gore, yeah. not about love and characters. I thought, did you? What game did you play? <laughs> Honestly, what <laughs> game? Like we said, like you've said quite rightly, mate. The the, the clickers in the infected are in the game. They're a gameplay mechanic. They're an obstacle to get through, and it's it's a video game. In the end of the day, you've got to have something yeah, along. Yeah, the way. You've got to have challenges yeah. and antagonists along the way. It doesn't work like that in the show because otherwise, it's just a riff on The Walking Dead, a riff on Resident Evil, which this isn't. I think the fact that I only spent a minute or so with the infected overall here works so much because mm. let's get back to the heart of the episode. Um, yeah. I didn't mind and that though. I thought it worked. Yeah, and that's the, the the infected getting a bite on Ali and, and Riley. It's just a blip. It's just a moment for it. They're so euphoric. They're like, mm -hmm. yep. you know, it's a happy moment. They're in love. We just had the kiss, and then this guy storms through. You know, but they don't show the bite. They don't focus on it. They don't, they don't have like the slow motion no. of the bite it's, and everyone going no or anything like that. Yeah, it's the realization. Like Ellie stabs this thing in the head and like repeatedly stabs it. She is over the moon. She's, She's euphoric. She's yeah, like you know, they've just taken this guy down, and after the incredible day they've had, you know, after you know, professing their love to one another, like and it is it's Riley who sees the bite and they handle it so differently Ellie and Riley Ellie's raging she wants to take out against the world she's smashing up everything in that room whereas Riley just sits on the ground and thinks and contemplates like both of these actresses are fantastic and they are future stars the the two of them Bella Ramsey I was like I was surprised by how good she is in this show because I've only ever seen in Game of Thrones Storm Reed, like I've seen her a bit more, but they're both fantastic and they're both future stars. They and they've got to, to work be. well together and they do. Yeah. Like they're they're both incredible performance performances from the from the two of them and I can't wait to see them in more. I know uh Storm she had a she had missing come out recently, which she was good in. Um yep. you know, and and I'm excited to see I'm more excited to see what Bella Ramsey goes from here. Because we always like we've mentioned earlier on in this season that uh, this show will do a lot more for Pedro Pascal than The Mandalorian did because you get to see him act you get to see his range and his abilities yeah, in this show in terms of celebrity yeah The Mandalorian lifted his celebrity but this this might be even be doing better than Mandalorian in, in terms of numbers so this could be raising his profile even higher yeah. um, and Bella Ramsey and a lot of people now how successful the show has been is getting to have a good look at this kid because she didn't have a ton to do in Game of Thrones they're getting to see just how good she is in this in this show and surely she's going to get a ton of work from this because she is fantastic yeah. like i know I, I sound like a broken record every week but i'm always surprised and it 
it, she keeps one-upping herself. This girl is Ellie. This performance is Ellie. She is Ellie. It's ridiculous, yep. man. I keep saying it all the time, but she has she has flipping nailed it. She has nailed it. I I love her as Ellie. I really do. I love Ashley Johnson's Ellie. That'll always be Ellie in my heart. But this, what a performance. Yeah. You can have more than one of the same character and they can both be excellent. They can both be brilliant. They can both own that character in their own respective ways. And but, uh, yeah, Bella Ramsey, she's got better and better and better. I loved her from the first episode. I thought she was great, mm-hmm. but she's getting better. Like we mentioned last week, the car- Pedro and Bella, by this time of of the actual series itself and in production they've grown into their characters they are those characters now in this adaptation and bella is bella is excellent you know i i, I still have no time for people who say oh she doesn't look like the character i don't care i, I don't want to see a one-to-one adaptation this show was shown you don't need to do a one-to-one adaptation of everything in the game for it to be excellent you know just because i mean pedro doesn't look exactly like joel either but it doesn't bother me one no. bit Though that lots of people don't talk about that as much, I gee, I wonder why. But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and another thing, obviously, this episode, which I mean, look, we haven't mentioned it because it was twenty twenty three. We shouldn't have to bring it up. It should just be accepted. But we had episode three, which dealt with two gay men. Such a powerful episode, and now we've got two young love, two lesbians in uh, taking front and center in a in an episode. Mm-hmm. What what this will do for for representation and for people watching this thinking. Yes, that's me up there. It cannot be understated the impact no. it's going to have. But it's also for those who can, who who might be a bit worried that they're forcing stuff down your throat. It's in the game. It's in it's in the series. It's in the game. This is yeah. this isn't this new. Isn't it's, forced either. Yeah, this, the, this feels natural. The Bill and Frank felt natural. They felt natural. The characters look like they did in the game. They haven't changed anything about them, and 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 it works. And I think this was a detour that the series needed. I mean, if you told me beforehand, before we'd even watched second one mm. of episode one that look we're going to have a whole episode on Bill and Frank we're going to have a whole episode on the whole Left Behind DLC obviously from without any context you might think hmm, two episodes out of, out of nine away from the journey how are they going to do it but they, they've done it because they've tied it back in they've bookended each episode with the present day and they've shown and they're not forgetting the they're not forgetting what happened in those episodes. Like episode, episode three resonates yep. still now. Episode seven will resonate going forward through eight and nine in this, mm. and then and the season two we've got yeah. coming. It's not just and both, oh, let's do this for a laugh, but never reference again. Yeah. yeah, and both episodes as well are bookended with Ellie and Joel's story. That's right. Like at the start of Bill and Frank. Yeah, you have them journeying to to Bill's town and then exiting it. Finally, obviously, discovering that Bill and Frank have passed away, and then what about their journey? This one is the same thing. This one is Ellie trying to like to take care of joel and her having the courage to to do what needs to be done by the end of the episode neither of them again and as well both episodes are highlights of the season Mm -hmm. like bill and frank i think is without question the best episode so far yep um and this one is up there as well this one is another fantastic episode people think they're diverting from the main story well if they are they've given us two of the best episodes of the season because episodes four and five we're following our heroes, following their journey, and they, they without question, the weakest episodes of this season. Yeah. You know, whereas an episode program, Bill and Frank, and episodes focusing on riding Ellie, they're the peak, they're the standout episodes of this. Like, come on. You yeah. know, like you can criticize, you know, them not spending time with Joel and Ellie, but the fruits of the labor is there. Like, the how powerful these episodes are. They deserve to exist. They should exist. These are incredible pieces of TV, incredible performances. Um, 
and they tie yeah, back I, into the present day and they tie into the exactly. future episodes as we've seen they're not throwaway they're not standalone no. they are integral even more so I'd say than like you mentioned parts of episode 4 and 5 where we're moving the story along but here we're building upon the story we're moving it and we're building it we're explaining it we're filling in the gaps to make the future better and I'm here for that keep, keep giving me this stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all about this, man. I think this is a fantastic episode. I think this is a fantastic season. I know every week, week on week, we are, we are praising this show. But again, it's because it keeps blowing our socks off week in, week out. They keep delivering nonstop, whether it's performances, whether it's writing, whether it's directing, it is everything. They they keep hitting air at the park. And I'm so happy this show exists. I'm so happy, so happy that Maze and Druckmann have done such a good job. And I can't wait for next week. I can't wait for next week. We know what's coming. Obviously, after, after the end of every episode, as it is, they show a little promo for what's to come next week. Um, so next week is is David. Uh, I cannot oh, wait because yeah. because that is that is a time in the game. You know that is uh, yeah that's going to be exciting to to go from this such a heartfelt story between Riley and Ellie to the David that's... stuff. What a turn! You're, so. you're not you're not wrong, mate. And uh, next week we're going to have a few things to say about the structure of that and the fact we've only got two more episodes left we've already alluded to it but i'm sure we can talk about it a little bit more next week in terms of Mm -hmm. what they've still got to cover and how long they have left to do it but um yeah man this episode sets everything up beautifully i always try to look for hints for the next few episodes to kind of track out the only one i really found in this one other than uh, ellie desperate to see riley's gun because she has a penchant for handling firearms is mm-hmm. when captain kwong at the beginning tells basically says to ellie in a nutshell there's a leader in you and one day you're gonna notice you're gonna know that and i'm like well that you know that they're setting that up that you know ellie isn't mm-hmm. just this defenseless naive idiot there's strength in there there's leadership in there and one day she might be called upon to use it so I think that was a nice yeah. little setup for what could be coming. Other than that, it was just a, a again another beautiful little love story contained within itself, but at the same time has massive ramifications on the future of the story and the present day aspect of the story as well. Can't wait to see how this plays into uh, our boy David and his gang next week mm-hmm. as we head into the final two. Two episodes to go, mate. We're almost there for season one, but as we know, we're getting that season two. So whilst it will be very sad come the end of episode nine and the first season of ClickerCast, you're going to get more anyway. So you've got two more weeks of us, plus you've got a whole other season and everything in between. But uh, is there anything else you want to mention about episode seven before we wrap up, big boy? No, I think we've covered it all, mate. I think it's a fantastic episode once again. And, you know, credit to the directors, the writers, and obviously to, to Bella Ramsey and Storm Reid incredible performances from both actresses. Like I said earlier in the episode, I think they're both future stars. I hope they get a lot more work after this. Um, and yeah, roll on David next week because, as we've said in the game, that is that's a very pretty bonkers time. Yes, um, it's a it's very much a far cry from this week's episode. Um, so yeah, uh, I can't wait to see how people react to it following this episode. One week to wait, mate. They got one week to wait before they see episode eight. One more week until they get to hear us talking about it. But that is going to wrap up episode seven. Then left behind. For ClickerCast, The Last of Us podcast, as I said, we'll be back again next week and the week after to deal with the season finale. Not series anymore, the season finale. But until then, we'd love to know what you thought about Left Behind. I'll say it again. Did you Do you agree with us? Do you think we're talking rubbish? Do you think this was a filler? Do you think this was unnecessary? Whatever you think, keep it polite. Let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, 
Bespin, mate, where can the world find you online to talk to you about The Last of Us or anything? You can find me on social media at Bespin Bolton, and then you can visit bespinbolton.com. And where can they find you, man? They can find me checking in on Bespin through his window to see when he turns. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, you can find me whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all of the socials. And you'll find me there. If you know somebody out there who's a massive fan of The Last of Us game series or both, let them know there's a weekly show that drops. Spoiler filled. We don't skirt around the issue. There's a spoiler filled weekly issue. Yeah, and we've come up with, with ideas that continue this in various degrees after the season and before season two. So you can get even more of us. Tell them there's a continuing show. Exactly, yeah. So we we've said, like we said, we're gonna we're gonna look at covering some of the news that comes out around the, the games in the next year because we know we've got some we've got factions we've got other things coming uh, and obviously leading into season two as well so tell them that there's a show out there which they're going to dig uh, and then when they when they listen get them to tell us how much they love it but until they do tell us that from P see ya and from Bespin catch you on the flippity flop <laughs>